Hello, this is Melissa, and it is the 30th of April, 2023. Today's Redux is two sections from 24 May, 2020. And this was entitled Pilgrim's Process. A lot of people, even longtime listeners, don't know that Alan often wrote at least two lines of rhyme that introduced the title of the talk, sometimes four, sometimes eight. This particular talk, I think that the poem that goes along with it was a little masterpiece of Alan's. And longtime listeners, a few have told me, oh, I never read the poems, I never went into the side, I just got the the audio on a podcast player and and, and didn't know about that. So I am going to read you Alan's little masterpiece entitled Pilgrim's Process. Breaking commandments, we did flout. Nervously, one by one we ventured out, clutching talismans to ward off disaster. Fauci amulets, chants to gates the master. Our unworthy faces we did cover, magic spacing six feet, one from the other. Sprinkling holy bleach water on the hand, we approached the barrier, told to stand. The master's priest pointed wand at head. Tip's okay, he's not yet quite dead. Each one passed through the ordeal ritual. Cell phone showed happy green emoji virtual. Almost at the store where food does dwell, black-clad master's man brought down hell. After a solemn top-to-toe bodily scan, he declared me a useless non-essential man. So no food for me, homeward I did lean. Cell phone began blaring, Quarantine! An infectee was in your close vicinity. Stay home, hand-wash to the corona divinity. So the title and even the, you know, the idea of this journey and this hardship came from the Pilgrim's Progress, the Pilgrim's Progress from this world to that which is to come, was a 1678 Christian allegory written by John Bunyan. It is said to be one of the most important, significant works of theological fiction in English literature. It's been translated into more than 200 languages. It has never been out of print. It was written by Bunyan when he was in prison for violations of the Conventicle Act of 1664. And the Conventicle Act said that not more than, I don't remember the amount now, but just a handful of people could be gathered and anything above this tiny little handful of people would be considered in violation of the Conventicle Act, which said only Church of England official gatherings were sanctioned by the state. And it is the journey of Pilgrim, that is his name, as he goes through, he's the everyman, and he leaves his hometown, that's the city of destruction, which is this world, to head to the celestial city, that's heaven or what's to come. And he goes through the boggy 
swamp where he almost loses himself. This would be considered doubts, fears, temptations, lust, shame, guilt, that kind of thing. And he progresses onward. And there are a lot of interesting things in this talk that tie right into an individual's journey through this system. I chose this, again, because of the Programmed People series that we're doing. The fourth one will go up next week. And Mike, who has this this whole idea for the excerpts, began with him back in 2021, the fall of 2021, when he just did some and sent them to me. And he's begun making videos of them, and I have to say, I think they're really good. I, I like them quite a lot. And his idea for this particular excerpt series is that people who are just, and I don't like that term waking up, but people who are just stumbling into reality, it is helpful for them to understand all of the different ways that we're programmed by education, entertainment, and that's movies, pop music, all all entertainment, religion, even the nudge units, that's BIT, the Behavior Insights Teams, and you get into Cass Sunstein, who was Obama's information czar, and that's what they called him, the information czar. And you have advertising. And he thought that to have something that stayed in fairly simple concepts of all of the different ways that we take in programming each and every day from the first very first of our lives, from as far back as we can remember, this has been our reality, our given reality. And we were talking yesterday, Mike and I, about what other ideas should be covered. What's going up Wednesday, for example, is entitled Sesame Street. And it is what it sounds like. It's going to talk about Sesame Street. And so if there are suggestions, listener suggestions that you have, I would be glad to hear about them. So write in and tell us we're in the process of thinking of other ideas. I think where Mike has gone with this so far is really good. But because he is on this themed series of excerpts, I, last week, just put in the keyword suggestibility to go along with that. And I came up with a couple of talks. The one that I put up last week was from May 10, 2020. And then these excerpts are May 24, 2020, so just two weeks later. So what you'll notice is that there are things that Alan talks about on the 24th of May that he also talked about on the 10th. There's a bit of repetition. And what Alan would often say if he reread a line twice or even three times, he would say, and again, for the heart of thinking. And so I think that we are... We, we programmed people are all hard of thinking. And it is helpful, it's helpful to me to continue to have ideas repeated. I can hear it and five years later it means something just a little bit different. It's opened up, there's more nuance and, and ideas for me to dig into. 
one of the things that Alan talks about in this talk, he there are two things. He read a bit about an Italian politician who had come under fire because she had railed against Bill Gates, and she had just basically itemized all of his, of Gates' crimes against humanity and said that, you know, something needs to be done here. What Alan was saying about her, he said, you know, this woman has more cojones than a lot of men. <laughs> but uh, she demanded the arrest of Bill Gates as a criminal for pursuing his crimes against humanity. This was May 2020. A couple of weeks ago, I posted something from a British MP, Andrew Bridgen, who was holding forth in Parliament about the treaty that is due, that we've got another year before it goes through all the stages, but this is the World Health Organization Treaty, and it will change everything if, if and when it goes through. So there's a repetitive theme here always about politicians that we think are our champions. And in this talk on the 24th, Alan read a little bit from Joseph Marcola, who was praising Robert F. Kennedy for the work that he was doing. And Alan had some positive things to say about RFK Jr. Sometimes there seem to be contradictions, but I assure you that there aren't. Because what Alan could see was the big picture. So he could see that RFK is doing some really good things. And at the same time, not in this talk, but in other talks, he points out to you that you have a man who, whilst he is doing and saying the right things, and these are very helpful things uh, about medical freedom, he is also championing the climate change con. So this is important. And it's important to remember this because we are going into, in this country, the United States of America, 18 months of non-stop campaigning and political rhetoric until the next election cycle. Another thing that Alan says in this talk is that the turning away from God and religion and how important it is for this agenda that they have a completely atheistic society. And you think, well, here's a contradiction. Here is someone who says that all religions are basically created to control people. And then he says it's a shame that we've become atheized because religion, a belief in God, is the only thing that stands between us and the tyrants. Alan had an amazing way of speaking to people at various levels of understanding. You know, he never said there's eight levels to understanding, and when you get to level eight, you've, you know, arrived. This is enlightenment or anything like that. But he did say that Coming into an understanding of reality is like peeling away the layers of an onion. And there's a bit of pain, a bit of crying that goes with, with these let, peeling away the layers, each level, each new arrival at understanding. And sometimes it seems that you've peeled something away and then it just kind of flops back over and you're back into the, your default programming. 
and that's why repetition is such a good thing. But what Alan understood is that this is an ancient system. It's constantly being updated, and this truth has gone on for hundreds and thousands of years. Like I said, it's ancient. So the system is always updated. And we are now at the end of a system. Call it coming into the age of Aquarius, whatever you want to say about the new system that we're going into, brave new world, scientific socialism run by experts, digital currency, etc., etc. We are leaving the old system behind. And the old system had the traditional religions. It had a political system in which we were told that we had democracy. All of that is receding into the distance. And we go into the new system. So to me, it is easy to understand why Alan could lament, in a way, the passing of the old system. That he could understand that a system of control, such as religion, still has some amazing things, as he would say, stepping stones to higher truths, and also real, genuine supports for culture to keep it from imploding on itself. And far better for people to think that there is something greater than them that gives them their rights, that gives them their freedom, than thinking that they have to beg and comply and obey a tyrannical force. So this is the way that I see it, and I also, from time to time, I like to revisit the upper right corner of the index, the main page on CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And right there, in the upper right corner, Alan wrote, In all ages, in all lands, there have been those who seek truth. This seeking is an individual search for something more than self, and much more than the confines of this worldly system. It is the seeker who understands there is more than what meets the eye, who is not afraid and makes the choice to go into the unknown. The process of awaking has begun. The discovery is underway. And below that, Alan wrote, Alan Watt, dash, A Course in Deprogramming. And let me just say that there is no course in deprogramming that you can buy for X amount of dollars on the website. The course in deprogramming is really the, the body of Alan's work where he shows you what's what. That is so important there, much more than the confines of this worldly system. Because truth, reality, getting beyond level one waking up or level one reality is understanding that everything is laid on for us by an ancient system of control, an ancient system that includes many different kinds of programming. And if you are still seeking all of your answers in a religious explanation of the world, just remember, religions are run by human men. If you are seeking an explanation in left versus right politics in any country, this is a system that was designed for you 
at this time, and it is clearly broken because they are breaking the system to bring in the new. I just encourage you, as Alan always did, not to become discouraged, to hang in there, but don't hang yourselves. Um, Things are definitely gearing up for another rough ride for us. I think we can see it and feel it all around us. So just keep persevering like pilgrim through this world. And as you break into understanding, you know, I'm just always grateful. I'm always thankful that I can see something from a slightly different angle and go, aha, oh, that's what that was about. And here is Alan. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 24th of May, 2020. And once again, as always, I hope that you're all doing as best you can. So what else can I say? As best as you can. Because that's all any of us can actually do under the circumstances. Living in this big agenda-driven society that uh, we have very little say in, especially when we keep quiet. <laughs> and that's the problem with society. Uh, too many folk today just keep quiet and go along with it. It's not unexpected. That's the way it pretty well has always been. And I've mentioned before that Aldous Huxley went through it in a, a similar form because he talked about suggestible people and the percentages of, of, of primary suggestible people who would go under, would have been told immediately under the spell of it uh, and using techniques like Bernays laid out way back in 1920s and 30s and 40s and and Huxley was giving his his talk to Michael Wallace in the 1960s, I think. He mentioned a certain percent of the public would go under immediately to, to suggestion put out by authority. And they'd buy whatever they were told to buy or behave the way they're supposed to behave, uh, even read what they were supposed to read, magazine-wise and so on, by advertisers. They fell for it very quickly. And he said that... But then there's a percentage that simply don't go under the spell right away. But you can get another 10% under quick if you give them more and more reinforcement of the suggestion. Oh, come on now, just try a bit longer and you'll find that it'll work. And just coach them a little. And sure enough, they'll, they'll eventually succumb to it as well. And that's really, that leaves a, a small percentage that can be hypnotized and brought under through the, the direct suggestion by authority figures. And that really goes by, in today's society, the behaviorists know they're taught this, this kind of stuff, how to manipulate us all. And in fact, a lot of your tax money goes into funding the big, big paychecks and the studies from the neuroscientists and behaviorists and psychologists that make their money like parasites off of us so that they can basically manage the host that they feed off, which is all of us, of course. And we put up with it. We put up with it. And that's a sad thing to me, a very sad that folk aren't uh, ticked, at least ticked off a little bit about how they're managed and manipulated. And as I say, we, we pay for all these studies through our tax money so that we can be used, basically. We're, we're, we're looked upon as cattle. And unfortunately, and I've met lots of the people in the, in the sciences of behaviorism, 
and psychology that work in these kind of fields and like the, the, the behavioral insights teams that work across the internet managing your thoughts and what you should be looking at and, and don't look at this and even shaming you and all that stuff uh, all paid by our tax money big fat salaries and I I see them in the same category as the KGB or or the, the Stasi would be I really do, I lump them all together these people who are manipulating our minds and our thoughts and using all dirty tricks to try to make us do what they want us to do. It's, they're disgusting people. They really are. And that's a side. Well, we, so we shouldn't really put up with it, but again, most folk do. And they know that, too, the, the exact percentages that go along right away. We're living through, as I say, an agenda. It's an agenda-driven society. And I used to give talks on that, uh, how even in the 1800s, the big corporations of the day, even before that too, had their 100-year business plans, sometimes longer than 100 years. They knew exactly where they wanted to be at least 100 years in the future, uh, like the, going back even further to the, to the old East India Trading Company and how they, they set out their, their settlements of, of, of countries they would take over, in fact, and, and use the military in Britain to do the fighting for them. So private corporations always have been in bed with the Bank of England, and that's what created the, the British Empire. The bank, of course, would lend to government to pay for the armies and so on, and then the, the, the government would, would quite happily give them the right to tax the public to pay back the loans. And that's never changed to this day. That was a prototype that eventually America, too, would copy with its Federal Reserve System, and uh, which, again, is private banks, a collection of private banks. Uh, it's not really national at all. In fact, foreigners generally run it. <laughs> They're not American citizens. It's quite amazing. To, to, but that's another story altogether. But anyway, getting back into what I'm saying... Most folk in today's society, as you know, and I keep mentioning it since this whole thing started, I go back to the, to the idea of terror. We're, we're in a war of terror. Uh, this is a reign of terror upon the public. They always use this in a revolutionary time. They did it for the French Revolution, this, the, the Bolshevik Revolution, always a, a reign of terror to, to, to absolutely petrify the public into compliance. And that's what you're living through now, if you, if you haven't figured it out. They also used it with 9-11, the Pearl Harbor event that they just miraculously got for the PNAC group. So it's the same thing. And that lost a whole bunch of rights for the American people and the people of the world, too, that copied and followed suit. And this is a part two of that part one again. Uh, part one, the, the towers, part two now, the corona and uh, and here we go again but it's based on terror which is like a bad horror movie you'll still watch it and watch it because you're tuned you're tuned to trying to survive it's a primitive part of the brain and the limbic system and that's what is your fight or flight system is based upon that too and even though it's a bad movie you'll identify with the characters are getting chased or hunted or about to be eaten or whatever it happens to be and and if you look away, you see, you, you, you'll miss a clue. You might miss a clue that, that's going to be vital for your survival or your failure. And, and so you keep watching it. And that's what they're using daily and have been from the beginning 
uh, with the complete on board of all media with this whole war of terror, repeating the same horrific things to the public. You're all going to die unless you take a vaccine, and etc., etc., etc. And um, and people who keep tuning in every day to what to get a dose of terror in case again they they miss that one bit of information that might one day come across. It's going to be vital for survival. They keep tuning in for the next bit of fear, you see. If folk haven't figured out by now, this is all incredibly well coordinated from the very, very top. To bring in a new system, we can quote the facts until the cows come home. If there's any meat left at all or, or, or milk to drink, the time is finished. But the thing is, facts don't matter. If you haven't noticed, you know, unless you really drive them home, it was something else behind it. You must put demands behind the facts, like get off our backs and stop this nonsense and let's get on with living, you see. Uh, because uh, if you don't, you're into the whole agenda. The whole agenda was designed, a brand new type of agenda off of total lockdown of the public, including the healthy people. Never been done in history. It goes against all common sense, even for herd immunities, you see. And folk who are testing positive for antibodies to this, meaning they've had it. Or they could have had, by the way, so vague now, they're getting so confused with their own studies and counter studies, etc. Uh, you might have, you might prove positive if you even had flu shots in the past. Uh, and these are official, I'll bring it up tonight, official stuff about this too. So they can't say this as lies since they put it out themselves in previous years. But if you prove positive, um, uh, they've got two choices now, you see. Uh, they want to lock you down again, you, if you're testing positive, and then find everybody you've been in contact with. Uh, because it, that being positive doesn't mean you've still got the darn thing. It's residues to, to the RNA, actually. It's residues. It's fragments of, of dead viruses and so on. Uh, they're still around. They're everywhere. And that's what, that's what these tests for, for the, for the swabs are designed to pick up on, you see. It doesn't mean you've still got the thing. And if you, if you, if you get a factual proper, um, there isn't even a, a proper laboratory test really, uh, for the antibody because it doesn't mean it's the antibody to the, for that exact coronavirus, you understand? They try to make it out that they're so precise, they're not precise at all. I've spent so many years, so many years going over uh, false information that was touted at one time, one time as the holy truth from the very top, only to be discounted years later by, oh, subsequent researchers found that, blah, blah, and they go the opposite direction. And, and they never go back and say, oh, we're very sorry for giving you all that false data before. That never happens. They never apologize. Because they start to apologize, the public might start thinking, well, wait a minute, maybe they're wrong quite a lot at the time. So they can't go there. They just go on to the new normal and repeat it as though they'd never had a previous new normal, you see. And that's, that's really what it's all about. That's how it's done. I can remember one of the biggest companies in Canada that took the blood supplies and for tests and, and sputum and all the other different tests that they did for different things, stools and everything else. Uh, a massive company. And, um, again, these companies get big contracts put out by the federal and provincial governments. I think they're all through the states too. But, uh, they found out that, that, that there was, there's so much scams going on 
that literally about half of the results were were fake, false positives, no matter what they were testing, and false negatives. Meaning they were just making the darn stuff up as they went along. A lot of them were definitely doing that. I have no doubt, too, that the technicians, lab technicians, had pressure put on them by their bosses because it's all bonus time, isn't it? The more you ram the through, the, fact, the better it is for them all, you see. Until credibility goes out the window and honesty with it. And, uh, and that's pretty common, by the way. We live in a very corrupt society. Very corrupt society. So anyway, they lost the contract and some other big company got in. I wouldn't be surprised if the same thing's happening now, you see. But having a false, uh, or a, a, a positive, I should say, to an antibody, really, an antibody that would that fight it, you see, is very iffy at the best. Would they say that it might not be the right antibody? Well, what do you mean? Make your mind up here. Uh, and then they'll say, well, we, we can't, we can't say that it'll last very long, this antibody. Well, nobody can until you study it for years down the road. And I've seen virologists already, or heard virologists, uh, top ones too. Some of them saying if you've got an antibody to this thing, you've got it for life. Other ones will say, are, are parting the same phrase, well, you might only have it for two or three years before it dies off, you see. That's how it goes. And that's something, of course, the vaccine companies, uh, massive industry, of course, incredibly <laughs> lucrative industry. Um, especially right now when they're throwing trillions around the world here and the hands are all out for studies uh, into all oddball kinds of things. But when you think about it, the uh, the whole idea of vac- repeated vaccination is because your, your antibodies might not last long enough until the next outbreak or whatever it happens to be. But three or four years down the road, this particular one won't be around. It'll be some, it'll be mutated into something, some other strain, you see, or many strains. And then they go back to the, the old idea to, well, you might have crossover from, from a, if a vaccination doesn't work, it might be similar enough to give you crossover. This is, this is the, this is the trick that they try to use for get, for to keep taking vaccines for flu, for instance. If that was the case, you had a cross, well, the original, the, whoever the original flu ever it was many, many, many years ago, right? Uh, then you still be, you have a crossover to that one too, so that doesn't work at all. So their whole idea of crossover is out the window. You, you generally have to have that exact right one or not at all, you know. But don't forget, we have, again, the flu types, um, every, every year, and most of the time you, you never know you've had it either. It passes through your system, just like polio passed through the system of most folk in the 1950s. 40s and 50s, and folk never knew they had it unless they had some problem where it would settle in to a particular, definitely injured areas in the body. It would settle in and cause the problem sometimes, so. And for the young children, they've never found out why some of them uh, stayed with some and not the others, of course. And that's very debatable through that whole, the whole thing. There's a whole lot more information we have today. As I say, that this is a massive, uh, haven't you noticed, and this is what really struck me initially, was the, was, was the all for one and one for all parroting of every supposedly public figure 
in the health industry that was put on television. I saw it only through the computer. I didn't see the TV ones, but it's really taken from TV, all these little clips and so on. And no matter what country it was, the, the ones who were put in charge of health, oh, you, you, you don't, you didn't need them. You didn't need them at all because it didn't matter what they looked like. They all had Fauci's voice. They all said exactly what he said. Exactly what you said. The same as the WHO, of course, this big clique at the top that had pre-planned this, obviously, their response to this, because right, right off the bat, they, they, they never went anywhere near, never went anywhere near the fact that your body would probably have a, develop an antibody to it. Didn't even, no, from the very beginning, it was every, and it's still the same, by the way. Uh, you, you've got to get a vaccination for this. And then, only then will we let you out of their houses, right? And only then will we let you go to work. Now, this was right from the beginning, folks. At the very top, you've got a, a, a clique here who are so compromised in vaccine industry and, and, and massive handouts and multi-million, even billion-dollar industries for, for when it looks worldwide, to go worldwide, they're all in it together, aren't they? They really are. And I said too, eventually, if they don't back off from their threats of what they're going to do to the public, I said they'll lose all credibility. And when, when that starts to happen, when they start losing credibility, tyrants, and this is the key to it, tyrants then get really heavy handed and nasty and lethal towards the public. That's the, that's what you learn through history. Where, especially when they're in the wrong, they'll, they won't back off. And, and the pledge to go ahead with something, because uh, nothing's going to break this agenda, uh, they'll, go, they'll get vicious towards the public. That, that's, that's the dangerous, dangerous thing. Because they can't ever back off, because if, if it comes, <laughs> the information that's coming out now has got enough to put lots of them on trial already for what's happened. No mistakes can be forgiven. But when they're complicit and heavily involved with huge shares and so on, and some of them even own vaccine companies, I mean, hey, wait a minute here, huh? Wait a minute here. This is looking rather suspicious. And uh, and the more suspicious it looks, the more angry the, 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 the perpetrators become and the more vicious they become to, the, to those who are exposing them. That That's a dangerous time. In reality, you've been managed by technocracy for a long, long, long time. Experts run it. The, the politicians depend on lifetime civil servants in different departments to give them their cues and write their speeches because they know what their departments do. The people appointed to their department temporarily and who often get moved around like musical chairs, uh, like, 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 uh, you know, in charge of health, in charge, the next day they're in charge of the military or something. They've got nothing to do. They have no idea what it is. So they depend on the civil servants to do all of it. They're just figureheads, you know. And they're allowed to fill their pockets and do a little bit of petty corruptions and things like that. As long as they play the game. But most folk accept it. And most folk never really catch on. Again, that big 80% of the general public that they talked about too, they never catch on, do they, of what's happening. They believe what they're told immediately. Oh, wow, my God, you know. 
It was a great series. It was called Dad's Army in Britain. And I never ever watched it at the time. I wasn't into anything like that. But when you, as you get older, you start looking, looking at this stuff and you say, wait a minute here. What they're portraying uh, is, is an older group than yourself that lived through the war, World War II. But they showed you the rationing. It was all comedy and so on. But they showed you the rationing. It really uh, affected them all. Where the future, no one imagined, uh, most of the folk didn't imagine they'd have much of a future or one day even own a, their own car or something. It is, it's beyond any, <laughs> it was science fiction to them. And uh, what they ate was a starvation diet, you know. But every excuse that they had where they couldn't get something or couldn't get the food or they couldn't get parts for anything or it was, uh, there's a war on, you know. And the same characters that gave you that are trying to bring us all back permanently again. A post-consumerist society. I've said before, it's been copied. Someone you probably know, within the week, he's prattling the same stuff as me. But uh, as I said a few weeks back, months ago too, the the, the technocrats are going to bring it in. And uh, it's it's a post-service economy. It's a service economy. It was what the, the, the comes from foreign relations proudly boasted that they were bringing in to the Americas years ago, and they're being accomplished in 2005. The service economy. Uh, they'd all, the same group CFR had had written and up and drafted up the NAFTA agreements for the, for the amalgamation of the Americas, you know. And they're a private organisation, a private club. That belongs to the council for their own, it belongs to their own for international affairs for Britain. The global, yeah, that's the globalist folks that run it, you know. They, they run it on behalf of the, the masters, but they run it all. They drafted up the European Union Charter. I think that came out of thin air by itself. They drafted up the Far, the, the, the far, the far East uh, Pacific Rim Group, the Asian Group with its members mainly in Japan, but also in Australia and, and New Zealand. And eventually they would have to be amalgamated into, into China and that block, you see. You're living through, your entire life, your parents were, and your grandparents were living through a big massive plan that, that takes sometimes a lifetime for even one part to get fulfilled. But they publish their goals it's dry reading, it's not sexy, it's very dry. But it's just that folk can't believe they're actually doing it. They're in disbelief their whole lives. Even things are straight right in front of their faces, they stay in disbelief. I don't believe, I can't believe that. They'd never do that. Even when they're doing it, they'd never do that. <laughs> Why not? Somebody would stop them. Okay. These are the guys that brought you also the uh, the agenda for the Pacific Rim, um, all the different treaties, the free trade treaties. You never asked to vote on it. You, you don't get to vote on it. Anything that really matters in the world is going to affect you. You get no vote at all. The only right that you have, they, they say, this is the tell you this in democracy, is to elect someone into office to vote. That's, that's only right, yeah. One surrender can do what they want. And they do do what they want. Although they don't really, they, they follow the agenda because they do have masters. You know. 
And, and the big problem, and I've said this from the beginning too, but way back, you, you can't be a cheerleader for everybody. Because I used, to, I used to give the blatant hard truth. And it's cold, it's cold truth, it's nasty. When you see how the world's run and, and what it's really all about, and how, you know, how it's managed and how we're looked upon, how they manage us too. It, it can be scary to people, naturally, it's quite scary. And, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it soft for the people. I always made it quite clear that it's up to everybody to try and help to bring in a proper, a decent future for themselves and others. It's very important you, that you actually motivate yourself. If you're waiting for people to do it for you, you'll end up in hell, a hell on earth. Because it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I've always said that at the top, you've got, you've got the clique at the top that, that draft up these plans for their masters, implement it on the public, whether the public know it or not, or, or even like it or not. And then you've got the public themselves. The vast majority will go along with anything. The, the, the path for, of least resistance is what, they, what they're shown to take. And, and they do take it. It doesn't take much to prompt them to take the, well, well, if I do this, I can still go and, you know, if, 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 I, if I allow them to search me and then strip me off and make me walk on my bare feet and, and, and take my belt off me at the airport, uh, then I might probably get on the plane. And, you know. Utterly humiliated, you know. X-rayed the whole lot. Utterly humiliated. And it doesn't stop, does it? Eh? Oh, now we want you to wear bracelets, say, eh, for ID. Oh, you don't have a cell phone, you've got to wear this bracelet then. This manacle, this electronic manacle, that, which they want to push in Canada. And Miss Tam wants it. That we wear it all, you see. And if you prove, prove positive, which just means that you, that you may have some fragments of dead virus somewhere in, in, your, in your system. Uh, and your nasal cavities. That's, that's what it probably will be, in fact. Then you have to do what you're told and, and again, isolate again. You see? Utter rubbish. Utter rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Because th those swab type things are, are not accurate at all. And honestly, you could be immune to the darn thing and be immune for months and walk into a ward where they have some of the people and then you get tested afterwards, you would have fragments from them of death. It's in the air. <laughs> folk breathe, folks. <laughs> if they don't breathe, they're all dead. You know, there's no point in having them in the hospital. They're all dead. And uh, they breathe out. And out with comes the, the, the dying. It, it's all dead bits of debris of, of these viruses and so on. And you'll test positive if they take the swab. Because the RNA response to it is a fragment, so leave what they're testing for. It's quite amazing that you know, folk just don't go the whole way of logic with it. It's just astonishing. What does the computer say? Well, it doesn't say too much, does it? But yeah, you are your own champion. I keep telling you, you are your own champion. And it's funny, after my talks, I always hear the same people with big, big shows, you know, because there's authorized uh, alternatives out there, put it that way. And they'll use my stuff even verbatim. It's quite comical. We never see where they get it from. 
if it wasn't for my stuff, a lot, some of them that you, you'll, you'll know actually, all you'll hear is about voting for Donald Trump. Because that's what they're really supposed to be there to do at the moment. And as far as I'm concerned, Donald Trump is no different than anybody else, actually. He's got his job to do. We all know what it is, and it's not for America. That, that you have nobody to vote for because their side's no better. That's the truth of it, folks. They're all placed there <laughs> by the ones above them. And, you know, I, I keep, uh, maybe I heard wrong, but I mean, when I, I heard Donald Trump give the talk that he was going to have uh, millions of the military going around giving doses of the vaccine door to door to all the different people, you know. <laughs> okay. Is there, is there a help pool? Okay. So yeah, as I said, I even gave a talk too the last time about you had to learn to re say no, and a person from the same show said the same thing <laughs> a couple of days later. But, uh, I guess, I guess I did an awful lot, a lot of work for nothing for free for these characters. Because I, I don't push the politics and they need other stuff apart from politics to talk about. And it is, bottom, when it comes really down to it, I've said this before too, it is a spiritual war. I won't go into it and, and drag it on in great detail, but I've said before, you see, the characters, and I've read their own quotes to, to, to y'all as well, from the top and the eugenics movement and so on, and from the, the WHO, they said that religion is a darn nuisance, that has to get put, put away, because in the past, it was always religious exemptions that were demanded for vaccinations or for complying with what they want you to do. And so if they could knock that away, and they've given you an atheist society, and pretty well atheist for most folk is atheistic. And so all, you're, all you're, you've got to argue with is the terminology they give you. What's the communists? They, they, they decide what the terminology and what the names of things will be, and then you have to try and debate it on their turf, you see, using their language so that they win. That's why they give you, that's why they're always rephrasing things today as, as they go progressively, as they call it, in society with the social programs and social ideologies. And, and they, they give you the terminology. And they give you the, the, the negative terminology, like, like phobic, something phobic or whatever, or deniers, or all this kind of stuff, to make, to shame you and to shut up, you see? <laughs> to end all debates at all. That's exactly what Peter Hitchens talked about too. He said when he was trained as a Marxist, and he was at university, he said he came out not just like a, a true believer, but ready to kill for Marxism and for the communist system. That they call it Marxist Trotsky at that time. But, uh, that's what he said. And he said, we, the first thing they taught you was how we, how we stop any opposite, uh, reaction by stopping all, um, debate from the other side. Just silence them. Well, that's never changed. But part of it, as I've mentioned before, is they give you the terminology. Well, once you've knocked your God out of the picture, right? Uh, because see, they can't debate you on God. When you say, well, God gave me these rights. That, that, they, they can't come back with a scientific answer to that, you see. So once it's out of the picture, uh, you, all, you, all you've got is their language. 
to argue with. And they said, well, we're the real experts. You're nobody. So we win, you see. And in public size, you also got this passive public that sit and watch all. In the public size, like, they'll say, yeah, I guess so. They guess they win. They're the professional. They got, you know. And, and that's how it's done. You, 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 you'd be defeated for most of the people before you start. So you gotta just start saying no, you know. And all you say, don't go into sign. Just say, I'm, I'm a human being. Just like Network, the movie, where he said to Network, I'm a human, a human being, he says, and I'm not gonna take it anymore. And, uh, he yells out his window and has them all yell out the window every night at the same time. Maybe when they're all clapping for the National Health Service in Britain which has been getting destroyed for years before this happened. By many, many different uh, means, actually. But when they're having the, all their clapping and that, and all the cameras turn up for, for the televisions, and, and nurses from all around come out, they don't even work in the hospital, and, and they'll take part in this big loving, and, 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 you know, and they're not going by social distancing, and laughing, and, cla- and they're all getting clapped and stuff. Maybe all the poor convicts, all the, the general public, you're all convicts now, you see. Lock down your homes. And, uh, but maybe you should be worshipping all the folk in uniform now. Worship them. I mean, all fascist societies love you to, to, to worship the services, as they call it. You know, the police, military, and everything else. And teachers, by the way. If teachers could get their own uniform, they could join the act because, because it's all, they're getting big bucks too. Like Stalin says, you pay your teachers well because they indoctrinate the next generation of citizenry. So you get them all together in the pictures, congratulating each other, and, and you can applaud them. And, uh, that, well, that would break the monotony of it, wouldn't it? Being locked down like a convict. You see? Isn't it wonderful? You get locked down, and then you're supposed to praise the people that are going to keep you in line, like the police. That's really good psychology. It's a great technique, isn't it? Where the, the police can join the nurses and everything. I mean, I mean, the, the police themselves have no problem going right up to folk less than six feet away in Britain, as an example, right in their face, and 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 push them and moving them or arresting them. You see, they're probably spreading it more than anybody else. Maybe they're doing a good job if it's, for, if it's going to create herd immunity. Maybe they're, they're unwittingly doing a better job of it. You know. <laughs> so every year I used to think about herd immunity when it came the flu season came around because when nothing much was happening they got to keep training the public to, to respect police you know? that's what right programs are for it's nothing to do with catching the drunks the drunks generally know, know not to go on the road when they're drunk or they know what the, where the side roads are or whatever you see but they're really a, a form of exercising control on the public to keep you in the public. It's public awareness that the cops are still there to remind you. Because everybody's guilty of something. Everybody feels, as soon as you see cops, you, 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 unless you become a cop, you see. I think that's why a lot of people become cops, because then they don't feel guilty anymore. But whenever you see cops, you always think, oh my God, what have I done, you know. And uh, you're trained that way. You really are trained that way, aren't you? It's just quite something to, to, to how you've been trained from birth to, to be a cowering little animal. <laughs> but that's how, that's how it is. A very naive people are trained that way. 
but uh, I used to think during the flu season, because they'd actually roll the window down, down there was one, they'd stick their, they'd stick their face inside of the car to, to sniff your breath. It's rather insulting, and it's a challenge, it's an aggressive act. It's like dogs, try that with a dog, you know, and, and you, you get your nose bitten off very quickly. But it's meant to be aggressive, because you're still you're like human animals, your space is important to you. And... Um, so they stick it in your, in your, in your face and then sniff at you, right? To see if you've been drinking. And I always thought, you know, that's probably how they're creating herd immunity every flu season. Mainly through these right programs, when you think about it, eh? And of course, if you did that, even with the COVID, if, if they're doing it with COVID or the flu, and then they, they'd still say, when they put tracers on you, you've tested positive for this thing, you know, how many folk have you seen in the last week or whatever? And the last person you're going to think of is a cop sticking his face through the window, <laughs> like he's impervious or something. But that's probably where you would get it from if that would happen. So really, you, 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 every, you have to examine your life and what you live through. And you have to stand back from all and see it through a different, different eyes. As I say, like an alien creature coming to the earth and looking at all. And that's when you start to realize what's really going on, as opposed to how you're trained to believe it's going on. I mean, it's really true, you know. As I say, Jack C. Lull, you know, the, the, was, was a great um, writer and a great philosopher, in a way. He, he would break so much down into plain, plain speak, basically, in, in how we behave and how we're trained to behave by the rulers in society. I'll put up another video, by the way, where a, a politician in Italy gets the point on this. She um, gave a, 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 little, a, a little speech during the parliamentary session in, in, right in Italy. And she brings up Bill Gates and talks about him being a, really a criminal. And he should be tried for the, the enterprises he, he, he's done in the past because the, he went through the sterilization of, with all the different free vaccination programs that he's been, and, and bringing polio into India and so on. And that's true. That hasn't been, it hasn't been denied. It was, uh, the World Health Organization had to admit it. I remember reading that at the time on radio too. And, uh, where they found out that he was given a live polio vaccine, uh, or not so, he was given it actually uh, orally, or inhalation, one of the two, and uh, it was live. And what happened was that a massive outbreak of, of polio, and it mutated the claim. I often wonder if it was actually in the stuff they were given. It was already mutated, maybe. Because well, this is another thing. You, you can't go on like this when you go full like that. Who are eugenicists who don't like to... He, he wants to bring the population down, like his daddy. Yeah? These are causes, he's this is not to help you. you know? The true believer is in reducing the population, big time, like by big amounts. And no one, who will give him permission to do what he's doing across the world? You understand that there's a bigger governmental system on the go than, than what you, what you hear about, obviously. And it's by, the, by guys like Gates and the rest of them are all part of it. 
But the, the vaccine for, for the polio, uh, they end up saying uh, it mutated and caused a, a new strain of polio that was sweeping through parts of India. That was admitted to by the WHO. You know. And then the sterilization too with uh, the so-called free tetanus shots. Lots of stories about it. It can be verified, as I say. And um, these people are really monsters, that's how I see them. It's only because they look, still look partly human, like Bill Gates, uh, that, that, you, that makes folk think that, uh, well, you know, he could never do anything really awful. You know? Doesn't look like a very strong man, does he? And uh, flaps his arms around an awful lot. And, but then those eyes are dead. They're steely cold, you know, behind them. There's nothing there. You know, it's, 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 this is a guy who really is dedicated to, the, to these causes of breaking down populations and so on. You can see it in him, yeah. And he, and his talks too, he's been quite open about it. But that politician in Italy it goes through it, the whole list of the, of the agenda in, and, uh, quite condensed form and, um, says it out loud. Now this, this politician in Italy gave her talk, seven minutes I think it was, and it's on uh, YouTube, and it's on BitChute I think too. And, and she went right to the, to the throat, you know, right for the throat. And she demanded the rest of Bill Gates in her, in her talk in the parliament. Sarah Cunile, her name is, Sarah Cunile, member of parliament for Rome, and denounced Gates as a vaccine criminal and urged the Italian president to hand him over to the International Criminal Court for Crimes Against Humanity. She also exposed Bill Gates' agenda in India and Africa. That was asked about what they did with the sterilization and also the, 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 the disease, the polio disease that he was let loose through his, his particular brand of vaccination. This is in Africa, along with the plans to chip the human race through the digital identification program ID2020. I mean, this guy's got his hands, he finances a good chunk of the money to the WHO. So, so everybody's in his pocket there, right? The official ones who are pushing the agenda are in his pocket. He, he's also come out with reimagining um, education. So, so his company, if he can keep all the children at home from now on rather than going to school, then his company, with this new education system online, will, will be the total indoctrination service uh, for a unified uh, indoctrination, a standardized indoctrination for the whole planet. Do you understand? You can't make this. This is the greatest Bond villain you can imagine. He really is of our day. Uh, he's not the only one, but, but he's, he's, he's really got a finger in every pie. Uh, with this global agenda. And she, so this politician comes out with it and then goes, and by the way, every, every minister of health who's on board with this told ID 2020 as well, uh, is, is all part of the same thing. They're, they're all sworn allegiance to it. There's no doubt about it. Early in 2015, it, it was the Italians who exposed secret Chinese biological experiments with coronavirus back in 2015, eh? And they show you some of the links they, they had there at the time. And it says an extraordinary seven-minute speech was, was met with wide applause. Sarah 
Cunayo, the Member of Parliament from, said that Italy had been subjected to a holy inquisition of false science. And she roundly criticised a necessary lockdown imposed on Italians in the service of a globalist agenda. She also mentioned the deep state. It wasn't just in America. And uh, I'll, I'll put up the, the... You can actually see it, uh, if you, and I, like I say, on video if you want. But there's also translations elsewhere too of her, her talk. But she goes through Hobbes. She says, Hobbes said that absolute power does not come from an imposition from above, but by the choice of individuals who feel more protected, renouncing to their own freedom and granting it to a third party. Right? With this, you're going uh, on anesthetizing the minds with corrupted mass media with uh, a brand of disinfectant, she calls it, and which uh, promoted by mass media and NLP uh, that's neuro-linguistic programming for words like regime to allow and to permit to the point of allowing you to regulate our, our emotional ties and feelings and certify our effects so in this way phase 2 is nothing else than the pers- persecution or continuation of phase 1 uh, you must change the name as you did with the European Stability Mechanism Says we have understood people for sure don't die for the virus alone or from the virus alone. So people will be allowed to die and suffer thanks to you and your laws for misery and poverty. And as in the, in the best regimes, the blame will be dropped only on citizens. You take away our freedoms and th- that we looked for it, uh, divided it, impera, divided in rule. It's our children who will lose more, who are raped souls with the help of the so-called guarantor of their rights and of SISME, which is CSMAI, Italian Coordination of Service Against Child Abuse. In this way, the right to school will be granted only with a bracelet to get them used to probation, to get them used to slavery, involuntary treatment and a virtual lager. This is all this in exchange for a push scooter, I guess you them free push scooters, and a tablet to the little children, eh? Get them trained as, as, as criminals, really, yeah? All to satisfy the appetites of financial capitalism whose driving forces the conflict of interest, conflict well represented by the WHO, whose main financier is the well-known philanthropist and saviour of the world, Bill Gates. So, are you wish some of the politicians he would give these talks out, eh, on the air? Mind you, they wouldn't get them out. They would have a, a sudden interruption of services on the TV. And she goes on and says that based on intercepted human intelligence report, a controversy has erupted in Nigeria, whereby Bill Gates is accused of offering Nigerian House of Representatives a 10 million bribe for the speedy passage of a forced vaccination program. We all know it now. Bill Gates already in 2018 predicted a pandemic simulated in October 2019 at the event 201 together with Davos, Switzerland for decades. Gates has been working on depopulation policy and dictatorial control plans at Globalpolitics aiming to obtain the primary the primacy on agriculture, technology, and it's true enough. When he's trying to deal with the meat supply, he's quite open about it. He's even got patents on certain uh, artificial meat products. 
and of course he's right into the, the different uh, agribusinesses as well. Uh, they, I think, uh, no kidding, this guy's way above uh, Blof- is it Blofeld and the, the Bond one, eh? Way above that. Mm-mm-mm. And also it says, um, she quotes Bill Gates, who, who from his speech, and I, I put up the link before too to a YouTuber, he says, if we do a good job on vaccines, health and reproduction, we can reduce the world population by 10 to 15%. Only a genocide can save the world. <laughs> really? <laughs> and uh, she says, with his vaccines, Gates managed to sterilize millions of women in Africa. Gates caused a polio epidemic that paralyzed 500,000 children in India. And the link is here to it as well, by the way. And still today, with DTP vaccination gates causes more deaths than the disease itself and he does the same with GMOs designed by Monsanto and generously donated in quotation marks to needy populations all this while he's already thinking about distributing the quantum tattoo for vaccination recognition and uh, mRNA vaccines as tools for reprogramming our immune systems in addition Gates also does business with several multinationals that own 5G facilities in the USA as I say, it goes on and on and on. It's, it's quite good. Um, talks about the deep state, talks about high-tech multinationals like the Roman engineering, which is a friend of the noble Mantoan, this is Italian, or bending spoons of Pisano, which are there for control and manage your personal health data in agreement with the European agenda, ID 2020. Yeah, your governments are all completely complicit with the same, exact same agenda. It's all one big agenda. Worldwide here, and it was drafted up long before you heard of this coronavirus, this 19. And she says, a tiny contribution to the International Alliance Against Coronavirus will be 140 million euros, of which 120 million will be given to Gavi, that's a GAV alliance, the non-profit by Gates Foundation. They're just a part of the 7.4 billion euro fund by the EU to find a vaccine against coronavirus vaccines, which will be used as I've said before, no money, of course, for serotherapy, which has the collateral effect of being super cheap. No money for prevention, a real prevention, which includes our lifestyles, food, and relationships with the environment. And she goes on and on. And the real goal of all this is total control, absolute domination of human beings transformed into guinea pigs and slaves. Well, that's a politician that, that uh, somebody might vote for, eh? <laughs> really, <laughs> come on. But as I say, you never, unfortunately, you just can't get that kind of rhetoric in the West. It's just verboten, and um, it's as simple as that. Yeah. But yeah, she ends it with... Uh, uh, hoping that, that the President um, Conte next time you receive a phone call from the philanthropist Bill Gates, forward it directly to the International Criminal Court for Crimes Against Humanity. If you won't do this, tell us how we should define you, the friend lawyer who takes orders from a criminal. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff you want. This woman's got more gojones than the guys, obviously. And uh, but that's what has to be said. Uh, this isn't speculation. Uh, she's given out here. Everything she's saying can be confirmed, including the damages being caused by certain vaccines across the world. And and Bill Gates' uh, big agenda. He's got his fingers in so many pies. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite something. But I'll put that, these these ones up, as I say, tonight. And... Um, 
we can go through some of the stuff as I've said before. We're run by these, these, these criminals. There's no doubt about it. I mean, suddenly out of the blue, uh, Bill Gates has launched it into his, and presenting it as some kind of superstar. Again, I've mentioned before, uh, with, with uh, some of the characters who, who literally run big PR companies who admit their job is to create stars out of scientists. Like, sir, they made Carl Sagan a, 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 a star, given the same star making machinery as a pop star or an actor or an actor or whatever, and, uh, and, and, and put all the guff, all the rubbish about them, how wonderful they are and how intelligent they are, and, and then they start telling you how you should live and all the rest of it, and you say, wait a minute, yeah, I thought they were just a guy who, who liked to look at the stars, you know. There are billions and billions of stars, yes, and you're little nothing, little midget in amongst them, you know. and then they start telling you how you should live or die, even. And that's how it's done. They did the same thing with Einstein. Eh? They started making machinery. Most of his speeches, by the way, were about politics. Yeah. Well, I think I'll follow Einstein because he's got good ideas in politics. Well, <laughs> there you go, see. And, and that's why I read the articles from the Council on Foreign Relations when they brought in um, George Clooney and... Uh, and, so, and some of the other uh, actors and actresses in that category that, that they were well known. It says because, because people type to follow them. They follow the stars. That's what they mean by it. They, make, they didn't used to call these folks stars, remember, till Hollywood was created. You know, and they took it all over and, and introduced it to the stars. And you follow the stars, you see, just like a, just like a, um, a horoscope or something or the zodiac, you know? And sure enough, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of bimbo it is, but she, she's presenting to someone that says amazing things. And, oh, well, my God, you know, I'll, I'll follow, I'll follow that. She knows what she's talking about. I've seen her in, in, in that, that movie where she murdered ten husbands, and she's awfully good. You know? So that's, that's all it takes, eh? Actors and actresses generally have nothing to say. You know, they don't know who themselves, they are themselves. They're always acting, you know. That's what they give you to, to follow, you see. So they do the same thing with scientists. And, uh, and, and Bill Gates made him, because he's got all the money in the world, so he can, he can pay for them. He'd make me a star, and they make me a star. And suddenly he's presented in every show as though he's the ultimate authority on. He has no medical training of any kind. Doesn't matter, though, eh? That's how it's done. Well, he's a rich man, you know. Well. Mm-hmm. Who made him rich? What made him rich? Do you really think these are all self-made people? They're all part of a big... A front, as I say, if they have to appear in front of the public and and speak, and so on, that they're not the top. The top ones don't work at all. For those who don't know it, but I'll put uh, these links up tonight. Remember, too. Again, I keep stressing this because um, the way things are going is the big tyrants at the, in the top there, who literally have given you the only kind of form of communications left. <laughs> And who are censoring everybody uh, way more than any any uh, Stasi operation could ever have dreamed of. Uh, you know, it's um, as I say, it'll get worse and worse and worse as as this goes on because they're saying that, that um, it doesn't matter if what you're saying is true; it can be verified. If they want you to shut up, they'll say you're, you're saying the wrong information. It doesn't matter how true it is or verifiable it is. Uh, they've decided they want rid of you, you see. This, this is what tyrants do down through history. 
And now it's electronic communication and they've made sure that they're in charge of all. Uh, you're, I've always said before, you're not giving more access to more information or more uh, means to communicate to get less. When, when they withdraw and eliminate other forms of communi- communication, that they're narrowing your choices, and then you, they, they, they owned up with what's left, right? I told folk back in the 90s what's going to happen. I said, they get 20 years out of this internet, uh, because they've got to get addicted to it before they start taking away your rights, make you pay for things, and, so, and then one or yada, yada, yada. Uh, and, and I said, um, uh, but then, but then you had nothing left. I says, don't get rid of your, of your little printing presses and machines, and you might need them again. I really mean that. Because the tyranny that's coming down the pike is way beyond the old Soviet system, where they simply, or the Stasi system. The Stasi was better, really, where they literally had a fantastic technique of forcing folk to spy on other people. And a good chunk of the population was spying on all the rest of the people. You never knew who was who. But this is more efficient when you're put, voluntarily putting all your data up on, on their system. Uh, and they tell you that they've got uh, they've got uh, the rights to use all your data, <laughs> and you've gone along with it too. You see, so you you update yourself to them, every, and and uh, you do it voluntarily, and they've got all that. You see, it won't be hard to to uh, come and find you no matter where you are, and just uh, make you disappear at the right time if if need be. You, you got to understand something, and I. Re- <sighs> I don't want to lecture people, but when tyranny takes a real, real hold and, and gets going, right now it's not even a fast walk. Once it starts walking quickly, almost at a trot, uh, then, then you, you'll see it. You'll see the teeth then. That's how tyranny really works. And you, you get a chance to do something before it gets to the trotting phase by, by saying, no way, no way, no way at all. And um, it's going to take, as I say, the, the Gandhi technique uh, of uh, a passive kind of resistance, non-violent resistance. And, but definitely, uh, is people individually, little lights come on across the planet and say, no, no, that's it. Uh, that's how the things have to work. Uh, because the majority of the public uh, will go along with, with who makes the most noise. But they'll follow the lights going on eventually. If the sea is, is, is making a, an effect and, and possibly going to win, that's when the, the rest of them just jump on board. That's what they always do down through history. Because what they're bringing down here in an atheistic society, like Russell said, and he was all for it, is a, a scientific tyranny. It's not even science. It's bogus science, as you know most of it. But... Uh, it's under the guise of science, and they've knocked all, out all your arguments, especially with God and religion. Uh, and um, that's why they're so cocky about it right now. So you better find your gods back again and bring it back uh, and start uh, putting it up. Because if you don't do it, they're going to walk all over you and destroy you. There's a hell on earth. A scientific tyranny, as Bertrand Russell said, will, will be truly a hell on earth. That's what he said. But that's what he was all for. And he said that. He says, I'd rather be a scientific tyranny. It will be brutal, but that's the way. And that's what the, if you're in the way of a scientific tyranny, you know, you, you're not a person with rights anymore, or even, even God-given rights, or any kind of divine rights at all. You're, you're just a creature, no different than a mouse, and they'll squash you. You know, I like to squash a bug. 
um, you're just in the way and you're irrelevant. And that's where science eventually always goes in the atheistic type system. I hope you understand that. So going to cuttingthroughmatrix.com, as I say, take note, permanent note of all the sites I, I have listed on cuttingthroughthematrix.com in case any of them get go down. And remember, too, in my talks, you can always download the talk. It's much easier that way. And listen to it when you want. And you can stop and start it, etc. Because they're, they're pretty long. And, uh, and I put links up, too, to the, to the topics I mentioned for those that want to use them. A lot of folk do. <laughs> That's where they run their shows on. <laughs> but um, you can help me take along, too, by saying some, some cash my way, hopefully. And, uh, and I'll keep going as long as I can. And you can see how to do it at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And hopefully very shortly, we get a temporary reprieve uh, to get some stuff maybe printed up uh, shortly. And we'll see how it goes and get some books out too that way. With your support, as I say, I'll keep ticking along. But I, I've seen, I've seen this, what I'm talking, what I talk about, I've seen personally. And, and I've had them come at me too personally. And I almost died in a hospital when literally the only thing that was keeping me alive was pulled off me. And, uh, and the specialist came in. I didn't know who he was at the time, yelling that he was a, he said, I'm a very important man. I was coming out of a kind of semi, the first dose I'd had when I'd, since I'd been in there. I had no idea. What, he was yelling at me, you know. And uh, he, 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 he said, uh, I can't be sued. He says, I'm a corporation. I, I, no one was saying anything about getting sued or anything. I knew this guy. I says, why was he so upset? He'd been sent in to give me the death sentence. And I was discharged because of him. With the medication I need to keep me, keep, to, that would help me and, and literally clear up, cure me of the problem. I'm not kidding you, that really happened here. And that's how the world really works, folks. So he'd been the, the guy who appointed to do it, and he, he was in a bit of a panic. He said, because I, 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 I couldn't figure out why is he saying this? Why is he saying he's a corporation and he can't be sued? Nobody was threatening him with anything. I took a while to dawn on what that's exactly what it was. Yeah. So in the real world, believe you me, they're already working fast and furious. Uh, and even the hospitals here anyway say to you, uh, if you go in a second time, by the way, uh, this is bioethics, this, this is taught in universities now. And, and bioethics is another thing that should be tossed out and, and <laughs> literally um, burned uh, among, amongst all the other uh, Rubbishes out there and degrees, and there's a lot of trashy degrees out there, but they're dangerous degrees because it's training people who then train more people in different areas of health and on how to look at people not as really valuable creatures, but as um, less valuable and even unworthy according to their age and their medical status, etc., etc. That's what it's about, folks. And that's why you've got euthanasia being put on, really forced upon people now in Canada, different places. Life site news, there's like quite a lot of articles in the past years about that, so of other, other, uh, sites as well. So, uh, it's, it's quite fascinating to, to, to actually see it all happening. Um, but because you, you don't see any propaganda about marching guys in dark uniforms and jackboots, it doesn't, doesn't hit home to people. You've been trained that that's what evil is, you see. That the worst evil wears business suits. 
uh, and, and often uh, uh, casual wear to the professor class. And they're the characters who are advising um, a generation who, who, who will, who have been radicalized with Antifa groups and all the rest of it. Uh, like an army, like a Bolshevik army ready to get let loose upon older people and they'll go for you and they'll eliminate you. With, 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 uh, with gusto, believe you me. That's how they've been trained. You can see it in them. You're, you're responsible for destroying our world, our future. And it's been drummed into them through the education system too. So say cuttingthroughthematrix.com and, and help me tick along and you can donate as well. And you can see how to do it there. Thanks for listening. I'm Alan Watchman here Canada. It's good night. May your God or your gods go with you.